It's not the talent that's my gift. It's the voice that's my gift. So what am I going to do with that gift? I did, I, okay, I don't need to use it to sing, but I can use it to do something else. And then when I self-realized that I had all these amazing genius zones that I could do with ease and grace, when I could merge that together and overlay my natural state of being, my gifts, my talents, my value system, what I stood for, uh, I was able to solve uh, a problem. And I think that when I got to that point, then I was ready to let go of um, one of my mentors, which was the philosopher, because I then could see the, the trajectory of my life. I knew mm. that coaching was where I was going to be because that was my strength. That was my love. And, you know, and, and, and working one-on-one with humans is where my genius zone is. That's what I thrive. This is Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, with Whitney Ann Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the 43rd episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week I have with me Mary Henderson. Mary is an internationally recognized personal branding and online business specialist. Mary helps service industry experts systemize, digitalize, and commercialize their knowledge, wisdom, and skills into a scalable and profitable online business and a brand so that they become an authority in their niche or industry. Mary has 20 plus years of experience building seven and eight figure businesses and building high performance sales teams in the IT sector and 15 years delivering online solutions for large and small businesses. She has been featured in many publications and is regarded as a thought leader in the digital sector. Mary embraces technology and social media in a big way and her followers are growing daily. Mary is a heart-centered, compassionate, and tenacious entrepreneur who thrives on human transformation and witnessing people fulfill their dreams. I had an incredible time talking with Mary. We just clicked right away. We had a really authentic synergy uh, right away and it continued throughout our conversation. And she is so passionate and shares so much wisdom about following your inner authentic voice and your intuition, especially when it comes to building your brand and your identity within the business world. And so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Here is Mary Henderson. Whitney. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you also. Wherever you are, it looks very warm. (laughs) And how about you? I'm in Melbourne in Australia. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Our time zone difference between the East Coast in the US and Australia East Coast is actually perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having meetings in California and the time was always a little rough. So Pacific yeah. time's the worst, but Eastern is just like the best. And I've got quite a lot of clients, 80% of my clients are in the US. And it's really funny because, you know, the ones that are from Pacific, um, they're like, oh my God, this is killing me. The ones from Eastern, they're like, oh my God, this is perfect for me. So it's just- <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, you can't have it all. But anyway, it's it's right. anyway, it's really nice to meet you though. Thank you, you for having you me. You too. Yeah. Thanks so much for making the time to come on. You just hit me with anything you like and I'll answer it. So I just, I love the organic approach. I think it's so much more, you know, it's just, it's more deep. Yeah. Okay. So you have quite an impressive background. And so I'm really excited to dive in deep and see how you ended up where you are. Because in order to get to where you are, you had to go through a lot of things. And so one of the first things that I like to ask my guests is when is the first time that you realized that you had an inner voice of your own and it wasn't influenced by your environment or your family or school or the way that you were brought up, but it was purely you speaking to yourself and you could identify that. Well, I have a very interesting story about that. And for me, that moment in time, which I'll never forget, was actually three hours after my second son was born. And, you know, at the day that I gave birth, birth to him, that the the 12 months prior to that were the most stressful time of my entire life so so in that moment three hours after I gave birth I reach out to my the side of my uh, bed to uh, get a lip balm out of my purse so and this all happened almost like in real slow motion so I grabbed my purse I unzip it, I grabbed the lip balm and my business card fell out. And it was in that moment uh, that I picked up that business card, again, slow motion, and I thought my whole life has been a series of labels. Mm. And worse than that, this business card and the title on it is actually defining who I am. This is my validation of who I am in the world. And then I thought, but so is all the labels that I'm carrying. All these false narratives that I'm carrying with me have actually become my reality. And this is me on a bed with a baby in my arm, (laughs) looking at this business card, thinking, I've got to get out of here. I've just got to get out of this head I've got to get out of this body I've got to get out of this 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 reality that I've created and I owned my own software company at that time which I had for seven years and Whitney I knew the day that I left that I knew in that moment that I would resign from my own company I just knew I knew that that was not my purpose I knew that what I had created was a narrative and a job to get the validation from my parents. All I wanted my parents to say to me as an adult, and I didn't even realize this until that moment, was Mary, we're so proud of you, Mm -hmm. even though you didn't finish your degree. How screwed up is that? But it was the truth. That was the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So, So when I left that hospital bed, I knew that I had to change my life. And, you know, and I did, I, I, I actually did resign from my own company and that was um, about October, 2011 and January, 2012, I took a 12 month sabbatical. And that's where the, that, that change started. The, the unpeeling of the, uh, of the onion layers started to fall off, or at least I started to understand, you know, who I am, what I've created, what my, you know, all these false realities, these narratives that I had been carrying that were never mine to begin with, they started to break down, which was just a a blessing in disguise. 
Wow. Okay. So you quit from your own company that you created yourself, and then you went on a journey of self-discovery, it seems. Mm -hmm. mm. And it was so deep and so wide, Whitney. Um, I can't even describe the process of elimination. It's the only way I can describe it, you know, because when you decide to truly go on a journey of self-discovery, you have to give up. You have to be prepared to give up a lot of things, friends, social groups, the narrative. I even gave up credit cards. I mean, I gave up as much as I could that didn't represent me. And I couldn't do the eat, pray, love thing because I have two, I had two children, mm -hmm. but I could I knew I could turn my attitude and my home into like an ashram type of a scenario where it was, I could create a sacred space. I could say no to the outside world. And that was my choice. So if I wanted to maintain narrative and I wanted to catch up for coffee with all those friends that were all competing and talking about the same thing disguised differently, I could do that. I had a choice to say no to that. I had a choice to say no to the friends that were in my life that weren't really my friends. They were just my friends because of, of, of a larger social circle. I also could say no to a job that I actually bought, which was my business and my company and had an infrastructure. We turned over seven figures per year. I also could have said no to that, which I did. So, so the journey is really, really hard because you actually have to confront the truth. Very, That's the first step. And then once you've confronted the truth, then you have choice. Do I want this? Don't I want this? Do I want to be a part of this? Don't I want to be? So once you've, once you've identified that, then the journey gets a little bit easier, but I didn't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And this is the key thing. I decided that I needed um, mentors who are way more experienced than me, um, who had a lot of wisdom that I can draw from. I didn't want self-help. I didn't want, you know, uh, I didn't want that community. I wanted somebody that was, uh, I wanted an academic. I don't mm -hmm. know why I said that. I just wanted somebody that could, break it down academically first before I could experience it in my body and my soul. So the mentor that I, that I chose was a professor in philosophy from Oxford University. And it was the greatest gift that I gave myself. But I had another mentor who was an expert in the emotional body. So both of these mentors mm -hmm. really helped me um, unpeel the layers that were no longer serving me. And I knew that. So, but, but when the way that they did it was never going to be the way that I would have done it. It might've been over 20, 30 years, but when you're drawing from wisdom, it's a whole different experience. So the deep dive was very, very deep. It's very, very uncomfortable. And in the words of my mentor, he said, Mary, the journey you're about to embark on is not, is not Girl Scouts. It's pretty intense. Are you ready for it? I said, I'm ready. <laughs> And he was right. <laughs> okay. So so in finding these mentors, is there a story leading up to that? Or was it more of a when the student is ready, the teacher appears sort of scenario? No, I actually went searching for them. I, this was a conscious decision that I didn't know that I was going to get a professor in philosophy. How that happened, this is interesting in itself, is that when I, the first day on that sabbatical that I went on, the 12 months, I walked to my computer and I literally Googled, how do I change my life? That was what I Googled. <laughs> so 
So I Googled that and all these search results came. There was a TEDx talk. I clicked on that and it was all around love. And um, and I watched this this video and or this 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 TED talk and I was like, that's the guy, that's him, that's the mentor I've been looking for. Because Mark was uh, an academic, um, you know, in philosophy, an expert in religion sciences, um, you know, really drew from ancient wisdom, whether mm -hmm. it was the, the, the Kabbalistic um, philosophy, but there was a lot of, you know, stuff that I knew he could bring to the table and help me unpack. And also, you know, I was, I've always been, I was always that child, you know, that had that connection with the spiritual world. Like I always, I was always that person. So I was naturally drawn to somebody like that who could actually say to me, you're not crazy. Like whatever you were feeling and whatever you were, you know, whatever what was going on at the age of 10, it was like, it's okay, it's normal. Like, you know, it's real, you know, and, and I was, and I needed that. I just, I felt I needed somebody to say, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, so that's how I found um, Mark. And then even just getting him to be my mentor, that was another journey in <laughs> itself. And so I reached out to uh, his office and his EA, she said, I'm sorry, but Mark's not taking on any more students. Like that's just ain't going to happen. And I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. It actually has to happen. Like <laughs> I really need him to mentor me. She said, but it, it, I just can't, I can't fit you in. I said, and I emailed back to her and I said, I will um, send you a video recording every single day until he says yes. And I did. It's exactly what I did. And <laughs> in the end, she emailed me back and she's like, okay, you win. He wants to meet with you. And, um, you know, on this day, this time, and if you guys, you know, connect and click, you know, then he'll take it from there. I said, perfect. So, you know, we did, we met, we clicked, we, you know, and then it all just happened. And the other mentor that I had, I Googled my brains out, you know, to find this guy. Again, I was looking for something very specific, Whitney. I knew, um, I read Dr. Candace Pert's book, um, um, Molecules of Emotion. And it was that book that made me realize, oh God, I've got some serious issues at a cellular level. I got to, I need to fix that. I need to figure out how do I get to the cell to release the emotions and Peter helped me do that like just beautifully. So that's the story behind that. Wow. Yeah. It seems like you're very in tune with what you needed. And so you went on a search for it. And it also seems like you have this scientific part of you that needs some sort of justification as well with your background. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a very mathematical person. I've always thought in, in, I'm a systems person. So, you know, having a software company um, was, was just natural to me because I knew how to speak that language. I could design frameworks. I can design algorithms, you know, I don't build them, but I can, I think like that. So having somebody that could just validate and break it down scientifically was, um, it was confirmation to how, what I've always thought you know, in the non-physical, in the subjective, in my subjective mind, I always knew everything that he was saying, or I always felt, or I always had an idea about that, but it was never validated. Mm -hmm. And yeah. self-help wasn't enough for me, Whitney. I didn't want self-help. I didn't want to be told, you can do it. You're amazing. I already knew all of that. Like it, I, I've read that many uh, self-help books. And even though they told me a million times how awesome I was, I didn't feel it. So, <laughs> Yeah, unless you can integrate it into your life um, in a way that you understand it, then 
it's just a bunch of words. Totally. I totally agree with you. So this was a little bit more deeper because I think that um, I love the idea of, you know, merging the linear and the non-linear together. And, and I love how they can meet halfway and it suffices, you know, the ego, it suffices your physical, but it also suffices, you know, the, the non-physical version of you. And I love that idea. I love the merging, the clashing of those two worlds. Um, it's it just, it, it, it it brings a sense of uh, satisfaction to me because I it's it's like you know it's not like I told you so but it's like uh, when you feel it and you can validate it and then experience it that's a whole new level. Yeah, and so you studied with these two mentors for a year. Yes, one year. One year. Was there a moment when you knew that your time with them was wrapping up and you felt that you were ready to move on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, <clears throat> with Mark, um, the philosopher, he took me on an amazing expedition. It's the only way I can describe it. And there was a lot of unpacking. There was a lot of writing. Uh, there was a lot of self-discovery, if you will. And it was through that 12-month period that he also made me see for myself. I self-realized um, <clears throat> He gave me the tools. He never told me what to do, what to think, how to think. It was the process of self-realization, which was so magical. Um, it was through the process with him that I actually realized, hang on a minute, I've, I've always been in the wrong vocation. Um, what what, what I'm, I'm capable of doing with ease and grace is actually a solution to a problem. And I self-realized that through that process. In saying that, I also realized, and I could see for myself, Whitney, that everything is divinely orchestrated. Whether I we believe it or not, it 100% is, for me anyway. And what happened is that I was able to uh, look back, as Steve Jobs says, you connect the dots back to front, mm -hmm. not front to back. It was so real for me. That was so such such reality for me because all of the experiences that I had accumulated professionally and personally, especially professionally, um, all those trials and tribulations, when I got to that point where I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, like I had to do that. I had to go there. I had to experience it. I had to. And I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable because all those things that I hated, I also mastered at the same time. And when I was able to look at it through that lens, uh, even, um, you know, my, uh, my, my gift was my voice. I mean, my voice is professionally trained from the age of five. So all I ever wanted to do was go to the College of Performing Arts. I wasn't interested in doing anything else in my life except that. Um, but I wasn't allowed to pursue that as a career or as a, as a vocation. But what I realized through that process with Mark is it's not the talent that's my gift. It's the voice that's my gift. So what am I going to do with that gift? I didn't, I, okay, I don't need to use it to sing, but I can use it to do something else. And then when I self-realized that I had all these amazing genius zones that I could do with ease and grace, when I could merge that together and overlay my natural state of being, my gifts, my talents, my value system, what I stood for, uh, I was able to solve uh, a problem. And I think that when I got to that point, then I was ready to let go of 
um, one of my mentors, which was the philosopher, because I then could see the the trajectory of my life. I knew mm. that coaching was where I was going to be because that was my strength, that was my love, and you know, and 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 working one on one with humans is where my genius zone is. That's what I thrive, and so I pursued that, and then. Peter, who was my mentor for the emotional body, we actually worked together for three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you put all of the puzzle pieces of yourself together and found alignment in everything that you experienced up until that point. Absolutely. And I think that's very important to actually talk about that because, you know, I think too often we do, we make choices in our life based on the status quo. We make choices based on our life, what our parents want us to do, you know? So we're living in other people's shadows and not in our own light. And we have to really truly unpack that. I, I'm so passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two boys and it's the same with them. I would never, I, I don't project my shadow onto them and I'm conscious of it because they've got their own dreams. They've got their own talents. They've got their own purpose, their soul, you know, their, their soul has been assigned to whatever they need to do. I pull that out of them and make sure that they p- pursue a path that it makes them happy and, and it's magical and they're constantly alive in that space. So when we're not, you know, uh, living our, in our natural state of being, what happens is that we just immediately shut down and we are projecting other people's stuff and living this false life rather than living this light full of, um, you know, um, curiosity and imagination and the ability to create just purely based on the inventory that lives inside of us. So the other thing that I discovered through this whole process, Whitney, and I think it's important to just mention, is that I also realized through the learnings and the experiences, holy moly, purpose is not out there. Purpose is in here. When I was able to look at my internal inventory as currency, I thought, oh my God, this is my purpose. This is the gift that God's giving me. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with it. And that's very important because if we don't show up every day in our natural state of being, that's when we get dis-ease, discomfort, frustrated, stuck. We get lost, midlife crisis, all these terminologies start to appear and these experiences that we embody that are not really our experiences anyway, um, we start to become somebody that we're not. And I think that we've that we need to stop and question everything in our life, all of the learnings, the downloads, the blueprints, uh, the status quo. Once we can challenge that, then we start walking into the light. Yeah. In that process, was there a point where you had to almost grieve those past versions of yourself that were not you? Oh my God, that was, yes, because, um, and it's a process of elimination, isn't it? Really? It's giving up your friendships. It's giving up the narratives. I mean, you know, Whitney, I gave up credit cards, you know, and I mean, you know, I gave up my American Express Express Platinum, which for some reason I thought was defining me. I mean, what is that? But till this day, I have no credit cards, but it was, I know it sounds you know, um, egotistical, but just giving up those things, those material things, that was huge. 
giving up my social circle that well I went through a whole grieving process because of that because suddenly I was on my own suddenly I wasn't with a click suddenly you know it was like oh my god where do I go who do I who do I hang out with um and so the and also not only that but also grieving you know the the that my upbringing the mother that I wanted to have but I never had you know because my mother wasn't emotionally available you know she didn't have that capacity not because she didn't want to but because she didn't know how to so even giving up those um paradigms that my mother was comfortable with even you know giving that up made her very uncomfortable but I had to stay in that space of my integrity because I didn't want to go back to being the manipulated little girl that she was that was her comfort zone Mm -hmm. so when I pulled my power back and I started to own that power and this was the work that I was doing with my other mentor with the emotional body that was really cathartic but it took a long time it didn't take as I said before, one self-help book. So there was a lot of grieving, a lot of grieving, but it wasn't just, you know, grieving. It was um, rebuilding. It was like I had to rebuild my whole reality. My whole life had to be rebuilt from ground up. And so I think that was the hardest part. The giving up, I was okay to give up because it was, was I could see it wasn't serving me anyway, but it was the rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Did you have a certain way that you implemented those boundaries so that you were able to maintain that alignment with yourself? I did a lot of journaling. That was the starting point. I did a lot of journaling a lot. Like that became the thing that um, I found a lot of um, where I could self-express without judgment. Um, I felt that that was a place that was like my sacred space. I could say everything I wanted in words and I could also connect with some higher intelligence and also ask to be shown show me the way show me what I'm not seeing show me where I need to go so it was like this two-way communication um until this day I still journal so that was the one thing that was very important to me but also you know when you're going through that process of elimination especially all the emotional stuff you know, we have to also, I had to learn how to give those um, emotions that were pulling me back an entire new meaning. So, you know, breathing exercises, being still, um, actually um, experiencing those non-beneficial um, emotions was actually the key to releasing them out of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as in- uncomfortable as it is, You've got to sit with that. And I learned all those things in that time period, which is my normal today. Yeah, because if we hold on to those emotions, then they stay stagnant and they don't move through us and then they get stuck. And then it's a really interesting cycle. It is a very interesting (laughs) cycle and it can be a very destructive cycle. So, you know, I always like to feel it. Even today, you know, if something doesn't feel comfortable, I'm like, I've got to feel this. I've got to feel this emotion. I'm going to step into it and I'm going to just start to unpack it. And, you know, it's amazing when you do that because when you start to unpack that emotion that's really, really irritating you or it's just, it's non-beneficial, you actually resolve it, um, okay, on the, on the body side, but you actually can see where the, the, its origin is from as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a much bigger process than just sitting on your bed and going, okay, I'm going to feel anger. <laughs> it's like, you know, you go much, it just 
opens you up. So I've I've never stopped doing it purely because the, of the benefit of it. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of us being human too and having this experience on this planet. Oh my God, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, is there a moment where you felt that you stepped into your true self and you felt that alignment specifically? Absolutely. I think that um, when I finished uh, my mentoring with Mark, I also realized that, oh my God, I, I, I can solve a problem in the world and I don't want to um, start another company and have 20 people working for me. I don't want to do that. That's not my strength. I couldn't think of anything worse. I want to create an environment where I can actually help people, you know, solve problems. That's one of my strengths. So after I um, finished working with him, I spent three years creating my system and my frameworks. You know, of course, coming from a software background, you know, we've, I've, I also um, uh, designed an entire algorithm for one of the programs that we use in our coaching today. But, you know, but it took three years to actually uh, carefully consider what I wanted to bring to the world, how I was going to show up, um, what was the solution going to be like, how was I going to be different. It took a long time. It didn't just take, again, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they, they go to a mastermind for seven days and then suddenly they're a life coach. For me, it was never going to be like that. For me, it was like, I don't care about all of that. All I care about is what I already have inside of me and it's all the inventory I'm going to work with. So that's going to be my foundation. So it took three years to actually design what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, and that was uh, back in 2015 when I launched my coaching business and I'm still here today going stronger than ever. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think three years is a terribly long time to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I agree. I actually agree with you. And I think that, and also, it and, and I think one of the things that I realized in that three years as well, Whitney, is, you know, um, I wanted to make sure that I was just uh, really um, involved in that process. I wanted to make sure that I unpacked every detail. I wanted to show up every day and make sure that the end product was 100% me. It wasn't a little bit of this person, a little bit of this, a little bit of that book, a little bit of that webinar. It was 100% me. And that was very important. So you're absolutely right. And three years is not a long, long time when you, when it actually impacts the rest of your life and other people as well. Yeah, and to step into that authenticity and that um, voice that you were trying to share since you were a child. I think that's exactly. an, quite an accomplishment. Exactly. So, yeah. So a lot of the coaching you do, I think, has to do with personal branding. Mm -hmm. And... Would you like to talk about your philosophy behind that and where? Oh my you, God! Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, um, <laughs> because it's because my version of personal branding is has nothing to do with the superficial aspect of it, you know. And I think that we've got to really, you know, look at it from a, with, through completely different eyes. For me, personal branding is you, you the business. So what I'm looking at when I'm working with people 
is, again, the internal inventory only. I don't care about who you aspire to be like, who you like, who you want to be like, whose program you want to mirror. None of that matters to me. What I'm interested in is understanding your story. I'm, un I'm interested in understanding your professional, your personal skills, all the attributes that make up who you are in your natural state of being. Because once I have that inventory, then we can create an entire brand around that and a solution around that. When you have a solution that can solve a problem genuinely, then you're going to show up genuinely. You can speak to that solution with absolute uh, conviction and passion and authentically. You can be unapologetically yourself because when you're delivering the, the, the explanation of what it is that you do, whether it be on social media, in a keynote, on a podcast interview, you're not looking at your notes. You're not carefully considering the words that you're choosing just in case you get caught out. What you're doing is it all comes from the heart. And when you can speak from the heart with conviction, you are believable and trustable. And that has to come back down to what is it that you can do for sure? For sure, 100% all you. So when I look at that inventory, then the personal branding is wrapped around that. The, the, the branding architecture is, is wrapped around that. The tone, the voice, the persona, uh, the messaging, the language, all of that fits around what it is that you can do for sure. And that thing that you can do for sure then turns into your solution, into a system, into a methodology, into the signature program. That's it. There's nothing else that needs to be done once you've recognized that. So the branding overlays all of that, but also it's congruent with that. If there's no interlinking with how you show up as a brand in the world and what problem you can solve in the world, if those two things don't interlink and they're not congruent, there's a massive disconnect and that's where people start to, you know, um, get frustrated, they get stuck, they're not quite certain, they're in the right place, it's not working for me, all of that stuff. When I'm working with clients, every single one of my clients that finishes their journey with me, they're all monetizing. Why? Because they're actually doing what they're meant to be doing based on what they already possess. They're not looking for it. They already possess it. They're authentically themselves. Yeah, taking the value of the wisdom of your own life experience. Correct. Exactly. And professionally and personally, Whitney. It's both. It's not just one. one. It both play a significant role. So how does that come across in the branding of combining the personal and the professional? The personal and the professional is where the wisdom and the inventory live. So you've got like you've got lots of um, skills and abilities in the professional and in the personal. So in the personal, I would be asking people, well, what are your hobbies? What are you what are you really good at? You know, somebody might say, I'm amazing at baking cakes. Like I can make, you know, like you know, uh, uh, store bought quality cakes that are just next level. Okay. Let me look at, let me break that down. What skill set are you learning in that? What are you bringing to the table? What is the detail that 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 is a part of you? Because if you can do that, 
that's natural to you. But but those skills in baking that cake also can uh, benefit you over here in the solution that you're wanting to bring into the world. So I'm looking at all of the attributes and abilities based on professional uh, experience and their personal life experience. And there's the clashing of the both. So, so what I'm where my genius zone is, I can organize information really well and turn that into a solution. Okay, so it sounds like you're also incorporating the scientific and the intuitive sides of yourself into what you're doing, which is how you seemed to come to what you're doing in the first place. So you're being genuine in that. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's absolutely spot on. You know, it really is a mirror of that philosophy that I learned that that changed my life, that it's exactly the philosophy that I've applied here. And it's the best way to bring out the best in people because I'm not searching for anything outside of them. And I can't tell you how comforting and satisfying that is. And by taking on this role, how has your life changed since moving on from having your software company to now? And how has it transformed? Completely. I mean, it's a 360 degree uh, turnaround. You know, my I have a dedicated room at home to start with, which is my home office. You know, I have a team of people that are all over the world. They're not just, you know, they, they don't come to work every day, you know, clock in and clock out. It's a completely model based on freedom and that's an, an empowerment. That's my absolutely what I stand for. Um, it's also changed the type of people, you know, I work with. I work with the people I always wanted to work with, which is really, really wonderful. You know, I mean, it's it's such a blessing to be able to say that, um, you know, that my clients, are, they're all industry experts in some capacity. And to be able to work with people who bring thousands of hours of knowledge, wisdom and skill set, you know, into on the, on the table, that for me is a playground, you know, because I can do things with that. Um, it's changed my relationship with myself dramatically. Obviously, I've become the mother that I I always wanted to have, you know, so my kids benefit from that. Um, I'm a critical thinker. And I think out of, out of all of this, you know, I'm a, I, I can see the truth and I can see the facade, you know, and I think that when you can see life through that lens, you're always asking questions. You're, you, you're not accepting what you see is what you're going to get. One of the other things that I gave up in 2012 was um, the TV. We have no TV in our house. So that's 10 years. I have not watched the TV. I have no idea what goes on on the news. I have no idea who's famous. I don't know any of that. So, and, and I didn't, and I, that was a conscious decision, but my children, they don't watch TV either. They're not drawn to the TV. Not, none of us are. Um, if I want knowledge and wisdom, I'll buy a book and I'll read that book and I'll, you know, fill my mind with ideas and because I want to expand myself. So I think out of all of that, the best outcome for me was to be a critical thinker. And what you realize when you're a critical thinker is that there's not very many of you. So <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't have a TV either, by the way. That's why we're a match made in heaven, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So so if someone would like to work with you, what would that look like? Um, so um, 
most people that work with me, um, I've got I've got two ways to work with me. Either you can join my group coaching, which is a boot camp, or work with me one on one. Both of them are six months uh, time frames, um, and um, we I coach every week, so it's very hands on. It's either a done with you or a done for you. Uh, I don't believe in a do it yourself. Uh, so it's 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 very um, very I'm very hands on. Uh, and I believe in that concept. I don't believe in, you know, people, you know, raising a support ticket, you know, to get in touch with me. You know, I want people to be able to reach me, you know, because I, my goal for my clients is to get them to their destination in the shortest time possible. So, um, so it's a six month journey with me, whether it's done with you or done for you. Um, it's all, um, <clears throat> My program is very much based on, you know, you start here, you're going to end here. It's all supported with frameworks. So the heavy lifting is being done. You know, my job is to facilitate and make sure that I, you know, get that person closer to their goal every day. Wow. So I want to compare what you're doing and, and holding a container with these systems, sort of like with the philosophy of divine feminine and divine masculine is you're, you're holding that space so that your clients can flow and flourish and grow, it, it seems like. I think it's very important to do that. And I think that that's one of my, I think that that's the one thing that I consciously wanted to ensure that every person that works with me knows that they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to, you know, reach out to me. They're allowed to, you know, ask any question, no question is dumb. Every question is perfect, you know. And I also bring in that philosophy of exactly what you're saying that the feminine and the masculine, because there always has to be a balance. Um, and so uh, it, it's it's like I give everyone permission to be unapologetically. You ask what you want, reach out when you need me. I'm a hundred percent here, no matter what. And that's the philosophy I bring to the table. And I think that we're humans. So we should act human. And that's how, in my, in my view, how humans should act. That's beautiful because you have like a system set up, but you're present also. Uh, yes. there's, there's, there's so much duality in, in everything that you're saying and you're combining and merging them all. So that's really beautiful to me. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you. Yeah. So I have one last question uh, that I ask my guests before we wrap up. And that is, if your inner voice had a billboard what would it say to the world? Well, my um, my core values are truth and freedom. I stand for that no matter what, and I fight for that. I think that I would actually say fight for freedom. I absolutely passionately believe in that. Um, and I think that it's more relevant today than ever before, I think. So that's probably what my billboard would say. Excellent. I, I agree with you interesting times for sure in australia too i hear exactly <laughs> I, think, I think my facial expression says it all <laughs> uh, yeah so if people would like to uh come and find you on the interwebs or anywhere to reach yes. you if they want to send you a video until you respond to them um, <laughs> where can we send them um, please, you can email me, mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. Um, you can go to my website, maryhendersoncoaching.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. 
uh, which is Mary Henderson Coaching with a pink circle around my face. Connect with me on Facebook, Mary Henderson Coaching, and the same on Instagram, Mary Henderson Coaching. All right. All right. Okay. I'll (laughs) add all of those links into the show notes so people can click on them very easily. So thank you so much for joining me. It was really a pleasure. Thank you, Whitney. It was a pleasure meeting you too. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time... Stay tuned in to you.